Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you are tuning in for our series, Wind and Fire, where we are seeking a deeper encounter with the Holy Spirit. Get ready to ignite your spiritual life with holy fire. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Right, how we doing everybody hey let's welcome our campuses joining us today everybody online what's up guys glad you're here for our church-wide series wind and fire encountering the holy spirit this is a special six-week series we've designed for the season of lent can you say that word with me lent lent is the 40-day period in the christian calendar that runs from ash wednesday so that's this past wednesday all the way to easter sunday it's symbolic of the 40 days Jesus spent fasting in the desert. And it's really this time where followers of Christ all around the world engage in some spiritual spring cleaning. Uh, You guys know junk accumulates in our lives over time, right? Junk thoughts, junk habits, junk attitudes, junk food, junk entertainment. And it really tends to clog up our relationship with God. So Lent is a time to take out the garbage, draw close to the Holy Spirit, so we can be spiritually strengthened to celebrate Easter. Now, for our Lenten series this year, we are teaching and preaching about God, the Holy Spirit. And last week, I encourage you to do two things. First, get in a small group. Um, The vast majority of our church are meeting in small groups this spring during the week, 10 to 12 believers for Bible study, prayer, fellowship. It is not too late to join a small group at your campus and your age and stage. You can just sign up for one at liquidchurch.com slash groups. You got it right there. And then you can download a groups guide. This is a free resource to help you dive deeper into Bible study. There's beautiful photos, notes, and quotes. You get that at liquidchurch.com slash windandfire so that you can kind of track along with the series. Now, today I want to talk about experiencing the Holy Spirit. Everyone say experience. experience. If you're a follower of Christ, Romans 5 makes a pretty profound promise. I want to read this to you. It is also in our mobile app. I'll put the scripture up on the screen. It says this, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been what? Poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He has been given to you. If you ask me, Tim, what is the number one job of the Holy Spirit? A lot of you might say, well, I think it's a, you know, the supernatural gifts, signs, wonders, miracles, revelation, prophecy. All People think of all the spectacular things that make headlines. But the job description of the Holy Spirit, the number one role is what you read here in Romans chapter 5. God's love has been poured out into your heart through the Holy Spirit. That is the primary job of the Holy Spirit is to make the love of your heavenly Father real to your heart. And he pours out that love in such a powerful way that you not only know it in your head, it travels 16 inches and you feel it in your heart. This is the great promise of God for every man and woman who calls Christ king. And it has happened to millions of Christians around the globe. And it can happen to you today. I want to start with a story about a man in upstate New York who had an experience with the Holy Spirit. His name is Charles Finney. And the year was 1821. And Finney was actually a lawyer. And he had no knowledge of Christianity. But he decided he needed to read the Bible because so much of the legal system was based on it. And the more that Finney read, the more he just felt convicted 
of his own sinfulness and this need to like get right with God to be saved by Jesus. And so Finney went into the woods in upstate New York to pray. Here's how he described his encounter. Without any expectation of it, without ever having the thought in my mind that there was any such thing for me, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go straight through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. How fun is that phrase? Isn't that kind of cool? Waves and waves of liquid love. Finney was a serious man. He was a lawyer. He wrote this in his journal. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. If you remember last week, we learned that the Hebrew word for spirit or Holy Spirit is ruach. You remember that? The, the breath of God, the wind of God that fanned the fire with immense wings, right? The Holy Spirit descends like a dove. Well, Finney collapsed to his knees in the woods and he started weeping. And the Spirit gave him this case of holy heartburn. Listen to his journal. He says, no words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love. I, I literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me and over me, one after the other, until I cried out, I'm going to die if these waves continue to pass over me. I said, Lord, I cannot bear any more. And yet, I had no fear of death. Can I ask, have you ever experienced God that way? <laughs> like his love rolling and crashing over you like a, a set of breakers, like love, crash, joy, crash, peace, is crashing over you. As Finney, again, a serious legal mind, cried on the floor, a friend heard him. He said, are you okay? Are you sick? Are you in pain? And Finney finished with these words. He said, I gathered myself up as best I could. And I replied, no, but so happy that I cannot live. And so began the second great awakening. One of the most powerful moves of the Holy Spirit in human history. Finney began leading revival meetings and revival spread like wildfire up and down the East Coast. Pagans, people who had no idea about Jesus, hell-dipped pagans were converted by the thousands. Sleeping, dormant Christians who just were very casual but not really committed were set ablaze with this, this fresh revelation of the Father's love as the Spirit touched them in a personal way. So if you ask, who is the Holy Spirit? Put simply, the Holy Spirit is the felt presence of God. He is a person, not a what, but a who. And his number one job is to testify to your heart in an experiential way that you are a blood-bought child of God, dearly loved by your Abba in heaven. Amen? It happened to Charles Finney, and I believe it can happen to you. Today, I want to share a message that I've based in Romans chapter 8, and then invite you to receive a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. Because we all need a fresh touch from God, don't we? I know I do. So let me just pray, and then we're going to dive in. Father, we don't want to just learn and hear words about the Holy Spirit, like some dusty topic in a textbook. We want to experience him personally in our lives. So Lord, with, with a little fear and some trembling, we say, Holy Spirit, come. I ask in Jesus' name that you would fall fresh on your people 
as we open your word, Father, and people under the sound of my voice, would they just experience a touch from you, the power of your saving love? Jesus, would you forgive the sins of the speaker? They are many. <laughs> as I preach today, help me just get out of the way, and may it be your words that just blaze like fire and let our hearts melt like grass. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Let's do this, church. I want to stand for the reading of God's word. Can you stand uh, wherever you are, all our campuses? Let's honor God that way. They used to do this in the Old Testament when they read God's word. All our campuses, stand up. If you're online, just stand up, man, in your jammies. It's all right. This is Romans 8, verses 14 through 16. I want to read this together in unison in a big, loud voice. You ready? Here we go. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. You may be seated. You know, the Bible uses a lot of different names to describe God, and they're all important. But the name you just called him is the most significant. Abba, Father because it describes the way that God wants to relate to you. Now, that word Abba that you just read is actually Aramaic, and it means daddy or papa. Abba does not signify a Swedish disco group. I want to clarify this. Abba signifies the close and intimate relationship of a father and his treasured child, and the childlike trust that that little boy or little girl puts in her in her daddy. You know, child psychologists tell us the average baby begins to speak somewhere between 14 and 18 months. And the most common syllable, regardless of gender, is da. 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 Dada. Now, if you went back 2,000 years to first century Palestine, a Jewish baby would begin to babble ab, ab, abba. So when Jesus taught his disciples to call God Abba, or Daddy, it was revolutionary. Up to this moment in time, in Hebrew scriptures, the name of God wasn't even allowed to be written out. There were only four consonants. Y-H-W-H, right? Yahweh. You don't even say it. Because God was so powerful and holy and immortal, and he's beyond us. And so if any Orthodox Jew was caught using God's full name, he was stoned to death. Because it would seem as too familiar, too irreverent. No God-fearing Jew would dare to pray in such familiar terms as Abba, Dad. It would have been shocking, scandalous. But Jesus was teaching his disciples, think about this, that the almighty creator of the cosmos, the God of such power that he spoke the universe into existence, the God of such majesty that the Grand Canyon is a garbage dump compared to his majesty. This is the infinite God who burns with the white-hot holiness of a thousand nuclear reactors. Jesus says that you can address the transcendent, omnipotent, almighty God of the universe with baby talk. Ab. Ab. Abba. With the same intimacy and warmth, and familiarity, and unshakable trust of a 16-month-old baby sitting on her Abba's lap. Da, da, daddy. Can I ask, 
do you talk to God that way? Like when you pray? Do you know him as your Abba, your father? One of my favorite photos of my kids is on their first day of elementary school. Uh, I'll show you a picture of them. They're teens now, but they were cute once. And I love this picture because you can see the joy on everybody's face. Can't you put it back up there? Look at my little girl's gap tooth grin, right? My son kind of squealing with delight. You, you just feel the love. And Abba pulling his children close under my wings, into my heart, just enjoying the, the love and affection of one another. Jesus said, I want you to pray like that. My Abba, my daddy, who delights over me. Now you should know it's going to be a little crazy because there's no other religion in the world that teaches or allows its followers to call God Father other than the Christian faith. Did you know that? In Hinduism, despite the fact that there are tens of millions of God, none of them is called Father. Islam has 99 noble names for Allah, but there's no mention of God as Father. In fact, there's a wonderful book written by a prominent Muslim woman who became a follower of Jesus, and she titled it, I dared to call him Father. And this Muslim woman speaks about the life-changing discovery she made of being able to have such an intimate relationship with God through Jesus that she could now call him Father. She said, all, all I knew in my culture was fear of men, fear of fathers, fear of God. And so she described her whole conversion in terms of being able to call God Abba or Daddy. Jesus is the first major religious teacher to ever personally call God Father. He does it 175 times in the Gospels. And he taught his followers to relate in the same way. So understand, if you're a Christian, it means a lot more, okay, than, you know, I get to live with God in heaven after I die. Being a Christian means you are adopted into the family of God, and he is your Abba. The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, say it together, church, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit empowers you to experience the kind of daddy-daughter, father-son relationship that your soul has always longed for. Now I realize in a crowd this size, there may be some of you who despair at this idea of relating to God as, as Abba. Because your relationship with your earthly father was maybe it was negative. Maybe it was non-existent. Maybe your father died when you were young. You never, you never got to know him. Or maybe your parents divorced and you seldom saw your father, except on infrequent visits after that. Maybe your dad was an alcoholic and in his, his mood swings from anger to, to depression just, just, just frightened you as a child. Maybe your father was home every night, but, but believed, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child, and there was physical abuse or verbal abuse or, God forbid, sexual abuse or simple neglect. Some of you can't imagine that God would ever choose you and adopt you into his family and actually hold you and tenderly touch you because of your damaged relationship with your earthly dad. Maybe you can't imagine that. There's a wonderful book by Brennan Manning. It's called Abba's Child. Recommend it to you. It's brought healing to a lot of people who have struggled to embrace this teaching of God as our loving father. Brennan tells the story of leading a spiritual retreat at which Catholic nuns were present 
and uh, it was a, a healing kind of, uh, you know, seminar. And after he finished speaking, he said it was very late at night, and, but he sticks around like we do at Liquid just to pray for people. People with hurts could come up for healing prayer. And ministry time, he said, ended way after midnight. He didn't get back to his room until 1 a.m. But at 3 o'clock in the morning, he woke, a knock on his door, and a voice, Brennan, can I speak with you? And he opened the door, and there stood a 78-year-old nun. I said, come on in, sister. And she came in, and she sat down, and she just began to weep. Whole body just shaking, just this older woman just weeping. And Brennan said, do you want to talk about it? And with her eyes closed, she said, I never told anyone about this my whole life. It started when I was five years old. So my father would crawl in my bed with no clothes on. And he would touch me there. And he would tell me to touch him there. And he said, that's what our family said we should do. My doctor, our doctors, our family doctor said, this is what you do to know each other better. And he was lying, of course. But I was just a child. She said, when I was nine years old, my, my father took my virginity. And by the time I was 12, she said, I knew about every kind of sexual perversion you read about in the dirty book. And she said, Brennan, do you, do you have any idea how filthy I feel? She said, I live with so much hatred of my father, so much hatred of myself. I, I can only go to communion when nobody's watching. And so Brennan prayed with her for, for inner healing, for Jesus to come and just touch those wounded parts of her soul and bring healing to her heart. But then he said something strange. He said, sister, would you be willing to pray a special prayer for the next six months? She said, what? She said, yeah, every morning. I want you to find a quiet place and I want you to sit down in a chair and actually just upturn your palms like this, close your eyes. And I want you to pray this one phrase over and over. Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. It's a short prayer. It's only seven syllables, but it corresponds to the rhythm of your breathing. You inhale an Abba, Abba, I belong to you. Try it right now with me. Put your hands out. Take a deep breath in. Say Abba, let it out. I belong to you. What happens is as your brain aligns with your breathing, your head actually sinks into your heart and becomes what the French call a cri de coeur, or cry of the heart. It's this, it's this declaration from deep within your being around which your whole identity is wrapped. Paul writes, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry what? Abba, Father. It's this emotional heart cry. It's very simple, and you can pray it while you're driving in your car, while you're eating a meal, while you're brushing your teeth, while you're lying down asleep. Daddy, Abba, I belong to you. 
And so this 78-year-old nun agreed to try it. Dozens and dozens of times she prayed it every day over six months. Unceasingly she would pray, Abba, I belong to you. Asking the Holy Spirit to make Abba's love real manifest to her soul. Weeks later, Brennan received a, a very moving letter from the nun in which she described a miracle. Now, guys, I want you to get this. In her letter, she described how she had experienced the complete forgiveness of her father, the inner healing of her heart, an inner peace that she'd never known. And she ended her letter this way. She said, a year ago, I would have signed this letter with my religious name, Sister Mary Genevieve. But from now on, I'm just daddy's little girl. Friends, that is not sloppy sentimentality. That is a woman daring to relate to God with the simplicity, the childlike innocence, and trust of a treasured child safe in her Abba's arms. And can I just say as your pastor, if you had a traumatic experience like that, my heart breaks, my heart weeps you. And you may never dream that that kind of healing is possible. I get it. But Romans 8 says, when you receive the spirit of adoption, a whole new dynamic defines your relationship with your Abba. The spirit you receive, Paul says, does not make you slaves so that you should live in what? In fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to son or daughtership, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Now circle that word adoption because the re root meaning of the Latin word adopt actually means to choose. Everyone say choose. I choose you. I want T. I pick Hosel. I want that one. Adoption. Notice adoption doesn't depend on your past. I'm picking you because you've done great things. It's not predicated on your future performance. I think you're going to be amazing. Adoption in its purest forms is based solely on the sovereign choice of someone else who says, I choose to love Clint. In Roman times, being adopted, it was like you won the lottery. <laughs> if you were an orphan, and I mean, you had no parents, you had no family, it meant you had no future. There was no one to care or protect you. All you knew your whole life was rejection and poverty. But if a Roman father came along and said, I choose to love Mike Lee, that little boy, or Ketty, that little girl, suddenly received all the legal rights and protections of a firstborn child. That's why Paul writes, the spirit that you received brought about your adoption to sonship. In other words, by virtue of being adopted into God's family through faith in Christ, you now enjoy the privileges of a firstborn child in Abba's forever family. In other words, you literally are daddy's little girl. You ever wonder what the spirit of adoption feels like when it moves from your head to your heart? I want to show you a short video that went viral. It's a little girl who was surprised with the gift of adoption. Actually, her name is Ivy. This is her. You see, when looking at her on the screen, she's 10 years old. This video captures the moment that her parents revealed she was being adopted into their forever family. Take a look.
All right. Well, there's one more gift. We have one more it's gift. It's not from Grammy, but it's, yeah, it's another gift. Why don't you careful open it up. There we go. I want you to read it. I'm going to be adopted? We love you, sweetheart. We'll always be your parents. I love you so much. not just for that little girl. Adoption is the Holy Spirit speaking to your spirit saying, I choose you. You are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved boy. You are mine forever. I believe the Holy Spirit is even speaking to someone's spirit right now that this is how your heavenly father feels about you. The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him you can cry, Abba, Father, and the Spirit testifies with your spirit that you are God's child. Guys, today I pray the Holy Spirit will just strike, just strike you with a fresh revelation that your primary identity in life, let me just shatter some things, your primary identity is not male or female, it is not straight or gay, it is not pastor or congregant, your identity is not teacher or lawyer or waitress or student or executive, your primary identity in life is you are a child of Abba. Amen? God is your father and you belong to him. In the name of Jesus, from this moment on, may you forever be marked by a spirit of adoption. You have been saved by Christ. You have been filled with his own spirit and you belong to Abba. God loves you with the ferocity that he loves his own son and he wants you to relate to him. Not as a good father, not as a great father, as a perfect father, as a generous father, as a safe father, as a father who provides, protects, a father who's tender, strong, and gives you security that no earthly father ever can. Because you are Abba's child. You get what you have? You have unlimited access into the infinite heart and affection of your daddy God. Waves and waves of liquid love. That's what Abba has stored up for you. Does that sound too good to be true? If so, then you are just beginning to get it. Just a little bit. This guy named Mike Terigiano, he's a vineyard pastor in Brooklyn. He calls it the big hug. <laughs> and he says every Christian needs to experience the big hug or else she will stay stuck spiritually insecure, incomplete, limping along, living out of your wounds. And in his book, Georgiana writes this. He says, even though I had been following Jesus for quite some time, he, had, he was a pastor, I had not come to know my loving Father in heaven. The tender affection of a father's love was missing in my life, which left me insecure, angry, and defensive. 
Well, on a retreat with men I trusted, one looked straight at me and said, Mike, you need the blessing of your heavenly father and began praying that I'd receive the spirit of adoption. As he prayed, I began experiencing something powerful and yet intimate. It was like God was breathing into me, invading a part of me that had never been touched before. A, a warm presence began flooding me. I was being held by a love that my earthly father could never give me. And in that moment, I felt like a son, not just a servant. It was overwhelming and it was wonderful. I was receiving the big hug I had always longed for, the warmth of the Father's love. My heart was finally at rest. I felt safe and secure. I love that, the big hug. Guys, that's the manifest presence of God. That's the Holy Spirit at work, ministering the presence of the Father to the heart of his child, and it changes everything. You go from a fear-based servant mentality to I am a son with favor on my life. Until you have your core identity rooted as Abba's child, understand you'll be, you're saved. You're saved. Praise God. But there's more. If you don't have this, you will limp along, struggling with insecurity. I don't feel worthy. Guilt and shame for things that have happened in your past, things you've done. I think the root cause of 99% of our spiritual problems lies in our inability to trust God like a loving Abba the way Jesus did. Understand, how did Jesus perform these miracles? How did the Holy Spirit move with supernatural power? Because Jesus was anchored in the bedrock love of his Abba. Jesus declared openly, he said, for the Father loves the Son. I am loved. My daddy beams over me. Remember when the heavens part and the dove comes down? This is my Son whom I love. With Jesus, I'm well pleased. God's saying that. He's singing it over you. That's where Jesus' security come, came from. Not the opinions of people, but the bedrock love of his Abba. Did you know there are thousands of believers, again, sincere Christians, followers of Jesus, who are saved but have never tasted Abba's love experientially? What I mean is intellectually you may understand. You know in your head God loves me, but he kind of has to do that because he's God. He has to. <laughs> but they've never experienced the big hug in their heart. Tergiano says, looking back, I can, I can point to that experience as the beginning of a process of gradually moving from being an insecure, impulsive, and angry servant to becoming a son and eventually a spiritual father to my church. Guys, this can happen to you. I just am crazy enough to believe that the Holy Spirit is here today in the room where you in and he's willing to pour out the love of the father into your heart and all you have to do is ask him for it that's the promise in fact let's personalize i want to read this verse god's love i'm gonna put up on the screen but i want you to make it you just, just let this absorb say it with me god's love has been poured out into my heart through the holy spirit who has been given to me to you the Holy Spirit can touch you in a supernatural way that you know it in your knower, that you belong, that you are accepted like Jesus felt at his baptism. When Je Jesus was marked forever for ministry by that moment. Go ahead, David. It's a powerful moment, and some of you are going to be baptized in a little bit because we're going to have baptisms in a couple weeks. But the big hug is when the Spirit invades your being, and you're suddenly not only aware of the fact that God loves you, realize it's not because of anything you've done. It's because of who he is. 
And now you're just not aware. You're awash in the love of God. The joy of Jesus kind of washes over your heart. Jesus says, rivers of living water will flow from within anybody who believes in me this way. Waves and waves of liquid love. That's what Finney said would flood your soul. Can I just tell you, I've had this happen myself. I'm I'm not like a mystic or anything, but I remember walking in the woods behind my house. That's kind of where I go get my worship on. I love being outdoors, just kind of um, walking in creation. That's where my soul kind of comes alive. And right there in the woods, I had this overwhelming sense of God's pleasure. I was just worshiping him and pouring out my heart. And I, I stopped and I was quiet. And I felt like the spirit saying, Timmy, I love you. You're my boy. Now, I want to clarify something. God calls me Timmy, not you, okay? Only one person, two people. God, Holy Spirit, and Colleen can call me Timmy, all right? But the Spirit said, Timmy, there's no one else like you on earth. I, I, I don't love you for your speaking, all that stuff. I love how you stay tender to my spirit and how you surrender. And my heart was just struck like this overwhelming sense of God's love for me. Not as a pastor, not as a speaker, not as an author, but just as like a a little boy, he rejoices over me with singing. And I literally fell down in the middle, in the middle of the woods. I literally fell on my back like this with my arms out like this. I think people walking by with their dog were like, that guy had a heart attack. That guy like, because I was just basking it, just reaching my arms towards heaven and feeling Abba wrap his big daddy arms around stupid old me. Friends, I just came to tell you today, what happened to Jesus, what happened to Finney, what happened to me can happen to you through the Holy Spirit. You have to receive a spirit of adoption. You have to cry out for it. By him we cry, Abba, Father. Notice Paul's language is vivid, it's emotional, it's a cry that's intimate and intense. Abba, Father. (laughs) Now, I know what some of you cynics are thinking, all right? The cynics in the room are like, really? Right? Pharisees, every church has them, okay? It's just the way it is. There's Pharisees always, right? Some of you are like, really? The big hug? Come on, Timmy. Timmy. (laughs) I I get it. I get it. Some Christians, I grew up in a church like this, that would say, well, don't, don't worry about feelings. Forget feelings. Don't worry if you feel God's presence because the facts of, of God are enough. Forget about feelings and emotion. And you know what? On one hand, that's partly right. It's not incorrect, but it's incomplete. The truth is, you don't have to wait for a feeling to know that Jesus died for your sins and God's forgiven you. That's a fact in history, not a feeling. But let me just say this. Can I challenge you? Just press you a little bit gently. On the other hand, if you've never felt or rarely feel God's manifest presence and you're a Christian, can I just gently suggest something may be missing? Think of your relationship with God. Think of it like a great marriage. For example, imagine, imagine I come home after work one night, and I say to my wife, Colleen, and say, hey, honey, I just want you to know our marriage is based on the facts of my love, not feelings. So you should know, sweetheart, that when I hug you, I feel absolutely nothing. When, when we cuddle and we spoon in bed at night, I am stone cold dead inside. I am rationally, emotionlessly in love with you. Now come here for a kiss, right? (laughs) Good luck with that, man. You'd say, man, what's wrong with that relationship, right? God wants you to feel his love. 
experience his affection. He wants to touch you. And I get it, we're all wired differently. Some of us are more emotional than others, but no matter how you're wired, the Holy Spirit can help minister the love of God to you palpably. It's not something you gin up, it's supernatural. You can experience Abba's embrace, the big hug. Can I ask, does anybody want a big hug today? Make some noise if you want to be touched by God. Does something in you just, just long to crowd, Abba, Father, something in my soul does. If you want a fresh touch from God, light up the chat online, make some noise. We are going to clear some room for you right now. Just some space for ministry time. I want to just take a few minutes to play some worship music. And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to touch you today in a fresh way so that you can experience the spirit of adoption. I want you to listen to me. As your pastor, I'm telling you, even a person with an abusive background who's experienced trauma can experience the felt presence of her father's love. In fact, I think the Holy Spirit specializes and pouring out Abba's love into broken hearts. Those of you who have felt broken or abandoned or abused, rejected, maybe you struggle with feeling just worthless, why would any? The Holy Spirit will, will pour out God's love in your heart in a way that no doctor, no counselor, or man can do, and you will know it's Jesus himself healing your heart. So would you just join me in prayer? Wherever you are, in person, online. Let's, let's actually dial down instead of hyping up. Listen, it's not about emotionalism. Some churches want it's like, hey, Holy Spirit time. Let's hype it up. No, no, no. We actually dial down. So as best you, to, as best you can, wherever you are, just kind of just close your eyes for a minute and tune out everyone around you. Just you and God. And I want you to open your hands, palms up. Posture of receiving. Take a deep breath. Silence is okay. Holy Spirit, come. In faith right now, become aware of Jesus dwelling deep within you through the Holy Spirit. He's in there. In your mind's eye, I want you to imagine crawling up his lap and becoming that little boy, that little girl. And look into Abba's eyes. They are soft. They are tender. They have no hint of judgment. They're just overflowing with affection and love like you've never seen. I want you to lean in and listen as the Father whispers, you are my daughter. You delight me. You are my son. I am so proud of you. I love you with all my being. Feel the strength of his arms, the warmth of his embrace. There's nothing to be afraid of. Jesus is here. As you feel his embrace, I want you to now just take a, a breath, take a deep breath. 
want you to take a risk to pray that prayer. Seven syllables. Abba, I belong to you. Take a breath. Say it out loud. Abba, I belong to you. Give myself to you. Let your breathing match your prayer, Abba. I belong to you. Holy Spirit, hear the cry of these hearts. Abba, I belong to you. Holy Spirit, you're here. You're working among your people. You're ministering. And in this holy moment, I pray, would you just pour it out? Pour it out, Spirit. Father's love on her. Father's love on him. Over these precious people. These are your children, Daddy. Lord, my sister over here, we just command a spirit of fear to flee in Jesus' name. Heal her insecurity. Spirit, speak truth over those lies of worthlessness. In Jesus' name, receive a spirit of adoption. You are no longer a slave to fear. I ask that you touch my brother with the warmth of your fatherly affection. Let him feel it, Lord. Fill him to overflowing waves and waves of liquid love. Spirit, bring us into the presence of our Abba. Speak to the heart. You're no longer a slave to guilt or shame. You're my child. If you've been a Christian for many years, but you feel cold, maybe you know God's love in your head. You want to feel it in your heart. I want you to stand up right now where you are. Would you just stand where you are? If you need a fresh touch from God, just stand up in faith. Keep your hands out. Don't be afraid. If you feel that desire, that spark, that nudge, don't quench it. Just stand up if you need a fresh touch from God today. Plenty of people stand up all over. Everyone who is seated right now, open your eyes. If someone's standing near you, just reach out. Put your hand on them, would you? Put your hand on their hand, on their shoulder. Just pray for them right over here. Pray with me. Lord, I pray right now through the power of the Holy Spirit, and through the blood of Jesus, that you would come and flow through your people. Father God, I ask that you'd release forgiveness in hard hearts, healing in broken hearts. Father God, may they feel it right now, that, that flowing through their body, the warmth of your affection, the energy and power of the Holy Spirit, breaking strongholds, dismantling enemy strongholds. Right now, Father, we run to you. We are safe in this moment. They are being marked forever by the love of God. Hold them, Lord. Whisper to them. Their salvation is secure. It can never be taken. They're in your family forever. Now I want to pray for anyone here who is not a Christian. Because today is adoption day. <laughs> I feel like the Spirit's saying, it's time to come home. To join God's family through faith in Christ. Maybe you're a spiritual orphan. Know this. You're chosen by God. He wants to be your father. It's why he sent Jesus. Romans says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You still got sin in your life? You qualify. <laughs> Understand God doesn't love you because of what you do, but what Jesus did for you on the cross. He would have died if you were the only person left in the world. That's how much Abba wants to adopt you today. So if you want to experience the big hug of salvation, I want you to stand up right now where you are. Go ahead, just stand up. You say, I want my sins forgiven. I want the hope of heaven. I want to receive the Holy Spirit. Just stand up. I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. 
The reason I ask you to stand is not to make it awkward. It's because Jesus said, anyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I'll acknowledge before my Father, my Abba in heaven. So if God's speaking to you, stand up right where you are. Let Abba see you and say, God, here I am. I want new power for living, the hope of heaven when I die. Just stand with me. I want to lead you in a prayer. Father God, I pray for these precious people right now, people who are entering the kingdom. And I want you to pray these words out loud with me. Just say them out loud. Say, Abba Father, Abba Father, I'm coming home. I open my heart. Jesus, come in. Thank you for dying on the cross. Forgive my sins. I believe you were raised to life. Now fill me with your spirit. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. My life is yours. Through faith in Jesus, I am Abba's child. Father, for each person standing, would you now anoint them forever, mark them in this moment, pour out your love into their heart by the Holy Spirit, cast out any fear in Jesus' name, waves and waves of liquid love, flood them with the warmth and joy of your Holy Spirit. May they feel from the top of their head to the tips of their toes. Put your spirit in their heart as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. We pray this in the name of our Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody said together, Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.